to you all women of fellowship um we are still continuing with our teaching on fellowship um i do believe that we've all had an awesome day and that we are rested this evening or rather settled after a long day of hard work not just though hard labor without any fruit um because of the women that god has made us everything that we lay our hands on is blessed and turns into gold and therefore we cannot afford not to be fruitful um we are continuing with our teaching like i've said i would just like us to start with prayer and thank god for this opportunity to hear from him father in the name of jesus we thank you the greater am because you do not change we thank you for your love this evening oh heavenly father we appreciate your presence in our lives we appreciate oh heavenly father what you're doing in this season oh heavenly father we are grateful for your word that is able to build us up and bring us to an inheritance among them that are sanctified we give unto you the glory and the honor thank you this evening as you've given us sound minds and we are able to understand thank you for the spirit of revelation as in wisdom and to the knowledge of you and your word we worship you and we appreciate you in the mighty name of Jesus Christ we pray it amen um all right yesterday we looked at um prayer being um another aspect to this glorious fellowship we have with the father and we got to look at the fact that prayer is a fellowship and not just a religious obligation or other it isn't a religious obligation at all but it is a fellowship communication with god and so it's needful that we take it as such and we looked at what would help us um have boldness in coming to god in prayer or even engaging in this communication with him and um, the two way communication that is and we spoke about righteousness and we said um righteousness implies conformity with or to the will and nature of god this will a nature of god must be received learned or discovered through the revelation or of of or from god and so we said that righteousness is a free gift that we've received and we have been made the righteousness of god in christ jesus meaning that we have the absolute right to come to god in prayer to fellowship with him and talk to him because um jesus was made sin he knew no sin but was made the very sin or the nature of sin so that he can remove the nature of sin that was upon us and impute unto us his righteousness and not only are we um righteous but we are the righteousness of god the very embodiment of righteousness and so we now can enjoy fellowship and prayer and communicate with god um and i said today we'll be looking at another um aspect or rather what would give us um if i'd say confidence to come to god in prayer and um, would be faith now the subject of faith 
is a very important subject because it is vital to the life of a believer. Many Christians seem to have struggled with faith. It is either one struggles with little, um, with little faith or no faith at all. In Romans 12 verse 3, God didn't, we find out that God didn't give us different measures of faith. But we all have received the measure of faith. The problem actually isn't having no faith, but it is not knowing what faith is. What people are suffering from is the lack of adequate knowledge of the word of God. Now, there are two ways I'd like us to um, study faith or look at. Now, we're going to look at faith as an approach. Second, faith as a creative force. But the last one, faith as a creative force, we'll look into when we delve deeper later on um, some other day when we talk about um, um, getting praying to get results or getting things done. But right now, I'd like us to look at faith as an approach. A way of living for the new creation According to Romans 10 verse 17, um, we find out that um, there is a great relationship um, between faith and knowledge. And when it states that faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God, it means that faith is the product of your knowledge of God's word. It is a product uh, of your mindset, excuse me, it is your pro the product of your consciousness of his personality and, the, uh, and revelation knowledge of him. Now that consciousness gives you a mindset. This knowledge energizes your faith and emboldens your confidence in God. Now, this is the deal. Human faith is inherent within every human being. And there's that supernatural faith of God that only comes to those who receive the, the good news. Human faith can only believe what it can see, taste, hear, smell, or feel. It is limited to the five senses. But supernatural faith is believing things we cannot see. You haven't seen God or the devil. You haven't seen heaven or hell. Neither have you seen sin. Therefore, you wouldn't know what you look like if your sins were taken away. And so that is, that, is, that is the human faith. It only sees, it believes what it sees. But the supernatural faith that we're talking about, which is something God requires from each and every one of us, um, and we will see that God wants us to approach Him in prayer through faith or by faith, not just only believing that whatever it is that we ask for, we get when we make requests. Because I'm now I'm still talking about um, the aspect of just talking to God and engaging with Him in a conversation and a fellowship. Now, I said we're looking at faith as an approach. And in Hebrews 11 verse 6, um, in the Amplified, we find that, But without faith, it is impossible to walk with God and please Him. For whoever comes near God, near to God must necessarily believe that God exists and that He rewards those who earnestly and diligently seek Him. So this means then, faith here is an approach because whoever comes to God must believe that God exists. And so for you to be able to engage with God in a fellowship and communicate with Him in prayer, you must actually believe that He exists. And that the King James Version says, whoever comes to Him must come to Him and, and know and have been believe that He is. 
meaning that he is the self-existing God. You needn't question and say when you pray, who am I talking to? But you should have faith that you are talking to God and he is. And so there is a faith that launches you into that communication with God. Now I've noted that everyone at the new birth is given a measure of faith. And that measure of faith can be increased as he or she uses it. This means you already possess a measure of faith and need not to sort or look for faith. That just increases. Increase it. And how do you increase it? By hearing the word of God. Jesus has gone ahead of us and showed us how to live by faith. Jesus never tried to believe or have faith, but he acted on the word of God. And always whenever he would pray, he would say, Father, I know that you always hear me. That was his boldness and confidence in knowing that God is his father and he has fellowship with him. And whenever he speaks, God hears him. And so that is the same approach you should have, an approach of faith when you talk to God. Don't think that you're crazy when talking to God because he hears you. So you should understand and believe that he exists. So that is faith as an approach. Know that whenever you talk to God, He always hears you. Have the same confidence when the same confidence that Jesus had. The reason He had this confidence was because He was sure of His fellowship with the Father, and so would boldly say, "Father, I know that You always hear me." So now that we've taken care of that, I'd like us to look further into prayer. And we noted, like I said, that prayer is a fellowship and communication with the Father. Now, I'd like us to look at these following questions and actually embark on answering them. Um, we're going to look at, we have discovered what prayer is. And we have said it is a fellowship and a communication with God. And now, that is what, what it is. So who are we engaging with when we pray? And the question, the answer to that is that we are engaging in prayer with the Father. It's not just to any other person. We do not speak to any person in prayer, but to God, the Father. And He's the only one we speak to in prayer. So we have discovered then that it's communication with the Father and it's Him that we're engaging with. Now these are the questions I'd like to help you understand. Because many a times we have prayed the wrong way. Not understanding how to pray exactly. And the will of God concerning how we ought to be communicating with Him. I'd like us to show us a few things in the Word of God. Because whatever it is, if it's a question, if it's a concern, we look into the Word of God to make sure that we understand what the Word of God says about it. Because the Word of God is the final authority in our lives as women of fellowship. We don't search for answers anywhere else but the Word of God. So I want to show you something quickly while we're on the subject and then endeavor of answering who we're talking to, what prayer is. Matthew chapter 5, excuse me, Matthew chapter 6 verse 5 to 15. But I'll read just um, 5 uh, and 6. And when thou prayest, thou shalt not be the hypocrites 
um, as hypocrites are, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and in the corners of the streets, that he may be, they may be seen of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But you, but though when thou prayest, enter into thy closet, and when you shut thy door, Pray to thy Father which is in secret, and thy Father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. You can read the rest of the verses till verse 15. This is where the, the, the Lord Jesus teaches the disciples how to pray. And he tells them, he wanted them to understand who exactly it is that they are talking to when they are praying. So we've discovered that prayer is fellowship. And for this reason, it being fellowship, we need to understand that um, it is not just any fellowship or communication to anybody else, but it is only to God. So that we understand. Now we will bring us to this um, next point. When Jesus said, what men ought to pray without ceasing, um, or rather, with uh, uh, should pray always in Luke 18, verse 1, and not faint. Um, he was, like I noted yesterday, that he was not saying that men have to always make requests. As much as part of it, it is, um, as bad as a part of it, making requests to God, it is the channel of prayer. It is only through prayer that we are able to talk to God and make requests. So praying is not making requests. Praying is talking to God. So that is clear because I want us to correct a few errors that I and um, the Holy Spirit made me aware that we have been making when we pray. Now, the next question is, is prayer a place for spiritual warfare or combat? I know that this, this, this is, this is kind of, you know, um, alarming in a sense because most of the time we believe that um, there is a spiritual war that we have to engage in as, as Christians and we're always battling, etc., uh, etc. Et and you find that many of us uh, wake up at 12 uh, a.m. and we, we, we begin to cast devils, bind, and, 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 and all of that. And we say we are praying, though. Um, we need to correct all of that because it is not God's way. His word is clear on the subject of prayer, and it is also clear on the subject of prayer, uh, spiritual warfare or combat. I'd like us to look at Ephesians chapter 6, Ephesians chapter 6, um, verse 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God, that he may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. So, simply because the word of God says in Ephesians, um, we wrestle not. Many people have um, looked at the term wrestle um, in this portion of script, um, scripture and will think that uh, we are supposed to, to, to wrestle and engage in a combat with, with the devil or with devils. Uh, but that's not true. The Bible doesn't use this word to tell the believer to get into a spiritual combat to wrestle against the devil in prayer. 
But the Bible is trying or is showing us the believer that the believers that our opposition in life comes from the spiritual and that we are not to fight against blood and flesh, but we are to take our stand on the word of God and enforce our victory against a defeated foe that is the devil. So I need you to understand this. There isn't a need for you to rise up casting and binding demons when there aren't any just because you think um, you are facing a, 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 a spiritual battle. What it actually means that we are not wrestling with the flesh or blood, it is opening our eyes to see that whatever opposition you'd ever have in your life, do not take it personal. You are not, you, you are not, you are not in a battle with human beings. And therefore, know that it comes from the spiritual. And for that reason, what you need to do is to stand on the word of God and, and enforce your victory against a defeated foe. When we speak about being in the army of God, we are not speaking in the sense when we speak of, and we are told to put on the whole armor of God. Otherwise, the armor of God would have been somewhat um, physical if we ever to, to we, we had to engage in a combat. But rather, these things are spiritual. And now, in the army of the Lord, it is an occupying army. It is an, it's not an army that is in battle, but it is an army that is enforcing the victory that already has been won by our commander-in-chief, which is the Lord Jesus Christ. When he went to that cross, the Bible says he made a show, a public show of the principalities and powers of, of, of the devil. He made a public show. He, he triumphed over them. And so this puts us in a position of victory. We are not the ones who are, com who are engaging in a combat with the devil. We are not the ones who are trying to be um, triumphant, but we are the triumphant church. So a woman of fellowship, when she doesn't engage in prayer and then engage in a spiritual warfare, I know that we've been taught this many a times, that um, in prayer, uh, go pray and fight your, 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 your battles on your knees. But actually, we do not fight our battles on our knees. No. What this means, I think people have lacked a better, uh, have lacked a better term. Because what has happened is that many people, when it's time to pray, which is supposed to be a time to be talking to God, they are talking to the devil. And it, it is confusing. Because you see, what God has called you to is a fellowship with Him. And prayer is only a channel or even a room to pray, uh, to talk to Him and for Him to talk to you. It is a moment for Him to reveal to you deep spiritual insight. Like I said, prayer allows you to have access into God's ideas, into His mind and His will. So when you engage in prayer with God, you're not talking to the devil. You are not rebuking the devil. And this is something we've been taught many a times, that okay... When we pray, um, we are supposed to, um, w w when we are faced with battles in life or any kind of challenging situation, we need to fight our battles in prayer. But there's something I need to show you. And I know, I, I know, I know this is, this is uh, maybe bringing a whole lot of questions. Uh, it, 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 it's it's kind of, what are you talking about? Are you sure this is not a heresy? But truth is, this is what um, the Word of God teaches. And we need to understand that the word of God is true. I just want to find the scripture quickly. 
get it. What did what Jesus did? I want to explain to you your victory that you have by virtue of the new birth. That you no longer are struggling or fighting with the devil, trying to overcome him and all of and all of that. Colossians chapter two. All right, all right, all right. Let's see. I'm gonna start from verse nine. For in Him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and ye are complete in Him, which is the head of all principality and power. In whom also ye are circumcised, circ excuse me, circumcised with a circumcision made without hands, in putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ, buried with Him in baptism, wherein also ye are risen with Him through the faith of the operation of God, who hath raised Him from the dead, and you being dead in your sins, and the uncircumcision of your flesh, had He quickened together with Him, having forgiven you all trespasses, blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us, and took out of the way, nailing it to the to his cross, and having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a shoe of them, openly triumphing over them in it. So meaning that Jesus has won the victory for us, and so being a part of his army is an army not trying to battle or come or, or, or engage in a fight, but like I said, an occupying army. And this occupying army is not in battle, but is enforcing the victory that's already been won by our commander-in-chief, which is the Lord Jesus Christ. And we are magnifying the victory and not the battle. So I want to show you something that the Lord helped me to understand when he was explaining this to me and revealing it to me. Which will help us understand the next part um, of the other question, the last question I'd like us to answer and understand. It simply is this. In prayer, like I said, we are talking to God. And He's talking to us, revealing to us His will. We're just fellowshipping with Him. But there are instances when we can tell Him about things that concern us. Things that are of concern or are bothering us. That's why the Bible says, do not be anxious about anything. But in, in, in prayer and through prayer and supplication, make your, uh, make your request known unto God through prayer and supplication and thanksgiving. So meaning that we can in prayer inform God about our needs. We can in prayer tell Him what is bothering us. Because like we said, when you pray, you are talking to God and not the devil. You can't be praying, sweating, and then you are addressing the devil. That is not prayer. Because like we said, prayer is communicating with, the, with God and not the devil. Now let's look at, uh, at it in a literal sense. And this is something that God had helped me to understand. Say for instance, I have a son who happens to be bullied at school. He's in the first grade. This kid who is a bully is perhaps in the third grade and he takes his lunch money and lunch box and teases him or makes fun of him. May beat him around, uh, beat him up and all of that. And this really bothers and hurts my son. Until my son would decide to tell his father about it. And the father would step in into the situation and tells him not to worry about um, the situation but he will fix it and make it all go away 
their father will decide to call the school um, and informs perhaps the headmaster. Um, the bully's parents will be called and a disciplinary hearing would be set. The bully is then would then be expelled from school with immediate effect and no longer would be a problem to my son. Now, this takes us to this thing of a, 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 a prayer, a fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much, meaning that we need to pray. This is in an instance when we tell God, I've, I've spoken about a child, a son and a father. When the son is bothered, goes to the father and tells the, the father about the problem. Now, um, this is when in prayer we can tell God about things that are bothering us. We can actually approach God in prayer and in faith, like I said, and tell Him our challenges, like I've mentioned. Let's read James chapter 5. James chapter 5, verse 16. Confess your faults to one another and pray for one another that ye may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Now, what is this? Um, this is an example of what James chapter 5 verse um, 16 is talking about. That after the son had spoken to his father about a particular problem, the problem went away because that is when the father intervened and caused a change. What brings about the power is you telling God about a situation. It is not. It is you telling God about the situation and asking Him to intervene in a situation, and that brings about change. That is why the Amplified will tell you that the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man makes tremendous power available. So, how do we make tremendous power available in prayer? It is when we talk to God about situations, and then from that, God intervenes in the situations and and brings about a change. There is no warfare. You need to understand this. It was only God intervening in the situation because you told him about it and he took care of it. Now, tremendous power was made available when you told God about the situation. He's the one that does things through the power that works in you. Now, in another instance, my son may come to his daddy and tell him about the bully. And his father might tell him that there's no need to be bullied because um, now he's perhaps in the seventh grade and no longer is little. He should stand up to the bully and tell him where to get off. His father would remind him who, whose child he is, perhaps the chief of police. So then he should go face the kid who is a bully or bullying him with the consciousness of who he is. The next day my son would go to school during lunchtime and, and would decide to go and confront the kid who has been bullying him and would say, hey buddy, do you know you've been, who you've been messing with? Well, my father is the chief of police in this state, and that gives you no right to mess with me. You've got no business taking my lunch money, teasing me or beating me up. I tell you that I am not scared of you, and you've got no right to touch me. And this is what the son would be saying. In this instance, my son would have stood up or rather would have stood on the word, taking a stand on the word, remembering what his father told him about who he is, and he would have come of age, understanding that, wait a minute, the devil cannot toss me around and play me like he's 
kicking a bull. I can stand up and tell him where to get off. Now when we tell the devil where to get off, whether he's messing with our loved ones, with our kids, with our, with our family members, with our jobs, our businesses, our marriages, when we tell him off, it is, it is then, it is, it is the warfare we are talking about. And this warfare does not actually mean that we are engaging in a war and trying to fight him. We are standing on the word of God and enforcing the victory that we already have and our authority against the defeated foe. This neither tells us that we've got, we, we, we need to get into a combat or wrestle against the bully which is the devil. But what we do, we stand on our authority. And so this is not prayer. This isn't prayer. We establish that prayer actually is engaging with God, talking to Him, having Him to talk to you. But this, when we speak of warfare, it means we stand on our victory and say, hey devil, you're no longer going to play or rather mess with, the, with my children's lives anymore. You're no longer going to mess with my finances anymore because I know who I belong to. I know my right. Now the Bible teaches us that resist the devil and he will free, will flee from you. Meaning that we've been given the power, the victory already. What we've got to do is tell the devil off. And when we do this, we are not praying. So we should know the difference between the two. When we pray, it is never between anybody else. It is a communication between you and God. So we've answered spiritual warfare and what it is. Like I said, it is when we stand on the word of God, enforcing our victory and authority against a defeated foe. So then this will bring me to your prayer closet isn't a war room. You are not fighting battles in your prayer closet. You are having fellowship with the Father. In your prayer closet, you are not speaking to any devils. Or even the devil himself. You are speaking to the Father. But when you stand on the word of God. And in your victory. And forcing your victory and authority. You are then not wrestling with the devil either. But that is the warfare that is taking place. When you rebuke the devil out of your house. And you are sick and tired of him. That is not prayer. That is you enforcing your victory and, and, and authority as a woman of fellowship. So we need to understand these things and not pray amiss and not do things that are not um, scriptural, that are not said in the word of God. So we need to understand all of this. But I hope that we have clarity on what prayer is and how we need to approach God, understanding that we are the righteousness of God and therefore we can enjoy Him talking to us and us talking to Him because we are in right standing with Him. There is no more need. There is no more need to feel like we uh, to feel condemned. There are no. There, there is no reason to feel like we are inferior in any way or unworthy. And we need to approach him in faith and know that he is. You are not crazy when you talk to God in prayer. Because you don't see him doesn't mean that he, he doesn't exist. So you need to, have, to approach him in prayer. But you also need to understand that when, when you are praying, you are just talking to God. It's you and him. When we talk about spiritual warfare, that is not prayer. So you need to understand these things so that you can have a very, very, very effective and successful prayer life. Apply these principles of God's word and you'll see that your prayer life will be an endearing experience of the divine. 
So I encourage you to engage in the word of God and in prayer. Approach God knowing that you are the righteousness of God. Approach him in, in faith. And whenever there's anything that, that, is, um, that concerns you or is worrying you, do not worry about it. Talk to him and use the channel of prayer. And if you need to stand up to the devil and tell him what to get off, know that you are not praying there. You are standing on your victory and enforcing your victory and authority and telling him where he belongs and that is beneath your feet. Thank you so much for your time. God bless you. Um, you are dear in Jesus' heart and so are you in mine. If these messages or teachings are a blessing to you, please do invite more of your lady friends and let them hear the teachings of God's word and let them and, and let them have God build them up into the kind of woman he would ha women he would have them be. And that is women of fellowship and women after, uh, uh, women after his own heart, women of his dream. Thank you very much. Have an awesome evening. If there are any questions, clarity-seeking questions, I'm here to answer them. God bless you.